Hi, and welcome to the Toro Show. Today is the 30th of November, your last day here. Yep, been a long time since I've talked to you guys. I'm still the biggest sports fan you've ever probably seen. Those of you that have heard me before, you know, very opinionated. But again, I'm also truthful to what I know and how I feel about a certain situation. You don't have to agree with me. I can care less. It's just my thoughts and my opinions. But again, it's glad to see you guys again. I know things have still been hard. Last time I talked to you was when I was in Washington, D.C., and, you know, things have still not changed. You know, you have the pandemic going on and so forth. Um, my opinion, the pandemic's overblown. But again, you know, you have to take the precautions of others in this world. So I kind of see it from both aspects. But anyways, today's show, we are going to talk about the NFL. We're going to get into the NFL. We're going to look at some different things. Um, and really, we're going to probably dive into almost every single team. And we're going to see strengths, weaknesses, and different things of draft and, and, and so forth, um, what would fit for the teams, even if they're even not even in the playoff contention and so forth as we are um, getting closer to the playoffs um, in the later weeks of the NFL. And first off, I want to talk about one of the things that you know I've been dying to, to sit here and talk about because on my last time I talked, which was in Washington, D.C., I thought it was going to be one of the greatest moves for Tom Brady to move to Tampa Bay. And hey, you know, 7-5 and five is the record for Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we talked about, you know, he's never had these weapons before. And he's got Godwin on one side. He's got Mike Evans on another. Then after that whole thing happened, Gronk came back. Then they also got, uh, you know, uh, Brown, um, Antonio Brown. I mean, so, I mean, he's got three legit receivers that have had 1,000 yards um, all over the place. And... You know, he ended up getting uh, Leonard out of Jacksonville, which is a decent runner. And you sit there and you go, man, this is an overall team that could be doing something, which they look like they were until they got beat by the Saints by like that blowout victory of like 35 to zero or whatever it was. And things just haven't been clicking. But then you sit there and you start saying, okay, well, why is it not clicking? And all I can see is this. I thought Bruce Arians was going to be because he was a good play caller with all these other teams and so forth. And now it's coming to be push and shove. You're looking at this thing, and Bruce Arians is a fire starter. One, he wants to sit there and he wants to put blame on Tom Brady, thinking that Tom Brady's the problem, that Tom Brady needs to change for him, and blames him, calls him out, just blatantly in public. And this is the second time it's happened. It happened in the first game when the Saints ended up beating him. Uh, in the first game, he calls him out. He says, hey, you probably didn't do what you needed to do. You should have done it like this. This is my way. This is he's, all, he's like, well, wait a second. This is what I wanted to get out of in the first place with Belichick. And I want to prove myself that, hey, it doesn't. I don't need you. But then he ends up in the same boat. They go on some wins um, there after they lost to the Saints. Uh, that first week, and, and, and things were good, and then they come back and play the Saints in the middle of the season, and they get blown out in Tampa Bay, and he calls him out this past week when I don't think that's the case. I feel right now that Bruce Arians is not coaching. 
A coach is going to find the strength of the person and find what is right for Brady. Not It's not the other way around. Hey, I got these guys. I got Godwin. I got Evans. And I got all these people. Now you need to figure it out. No. No. That's not the case. You need to put him in the best position possible. Now, this is the, this is the crazy part. I'm going to tell you my take on this because I see this. Tom Brady has probably blazing receivers on the outside that can run down the field and burn people. But Brady has never been the quarterback to throw a bomb down the field all the time. There's nothing else going on but deep passes all of a sudden, and that's never been Brady's game. Here we go. Examples here. Brady has always been a man that has had to have crossing routes, and brushing routes. And what I mean by brushing routes, if you don't understand, brushing routes are routes within five yards where two receivers are on the same side, whether that be on the left or that be on the right. And the two receivers basically brush their defenders. It's not a pick. A pick is illegal. That is not what I'm talking about. But they brush receivers where it kind of brushes both defenders and they get confused. So it's similar to a pick, but it's not a pick. A pick is basically knocking someone down or illegally getting in the way of somebody. But it kind of is, but it's just brushing two receivers together. And one of the receivers has always been open, and it's been a dink and dunk game for Tom Brady. Five yards here, six yards here, run the ball, first down. Five yards here, six yards here, run the ball, vice versa. Run the ball, get some five yards, and it's been brush routes. Small, little chunks of yardage, long drive football. Long drive football. And Arians has brought this game in where we got to go for it all because we're down by seven. We got to go for it all instead of gradually getting into Brady's game. Brady's game is chunk by chunk, dink and dunk. So there's these guys. I don't know if now it's like, hey, Evans and um, Godwin don't know how to run crossing routes. Even if they did 15-yard crossing routes up the middle, but there's no plays up the middle. Second point. The reason why Tom Brady was successful. Think about it. Tom Brady lived with a slot receiver. He lived with Wells Welker for many years. Slot receiver. He always found Welker and made Welker probably now a Hall of Famer. And it was... Those dink and dunk passes to Welker. And he'd be wide open. Because the slot receiver is going to run your drag route. The slot receiver is going to find the middle of the field. The slot receiver is the guy that sits there and does a 5-yard stop to a 10-yard stop route. And then he moves and slides to where coverage is open. And Brady was able to find it. And here we have runners going down the field like it's track stars. Just racing down the field. And Brady has never been that guy. Brady, the only time he's ever had a receiver that was that good was Randy Moss. And he didn't last that long in New England. So again, you had the Wes Welker and you have Edelman. Remember the Super Bowl? Found him wide open because Edelman knew where to get and Brady knew where he was going to be. It wasn't burn you down the field. It was five, ten. And if we were good, if they were lucky, not me if I was good, but if, if you're lucky... You would be able to see it. 
It was chunks of yards, boring football. You knew Brady was going to come back and he was going to eat you down. And it was boom, boom, first down, boom, boom, first down, handoff, first down. It was, it was, it was. And and now Arians is the problem. Arians has not found a way to maybe make create some more crossing routes. Um, the other thing too is screen passes, things that were short that made Brady what he is today. And let me get you let me get get you on this page here. We got he's got six springs for nothing. So Arians about to make this guy a little upset. And I, I'm I'm ready to hear Tom Brady's not going to be taking it much longer. He's going to be like, dude, yo, wait a second, bro. I have rings that go on another finger where you only have one. And you were assistant coach at that point. Who are you talking to? I get it. You're my coach. But come on, man. So it comes back again as Arians, I thought, was going to work very well with him. But again, a coach has to match with what, you know, the players need. Not the other way around. You're going to run him. No, you work it to them. Now, let's figure this out. Think about this. Switching teams now. And which is kind of crazy because I really thought Tampa Bay was going to really challenge the Saints. And moving on, the number one in the division is the Saints. My team right now, of course. And I will tell you, the Saints are clicking on all cylinders. Yes, they did not play very well in Denver. I will agree with you right there. They 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 were playing against a faulty team. They were bad in the first place. And then they didn't have any quarterbacks. That was on them for the pandemic, though. Then they're running out of there. They made an example out of them for having those guys get that and not wearing a mask. That's their problem. They 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 they, they faced it and they got through it. But um, it Hill didn't have a very good game, in my opinion. But here's the thing with the Saints and what's going to save them. Here, you ready? And the difference between Arians and Sean Payton is Sean Payton is sit, able to sit there and say, how am I going to make this work now that I don't have Breeze, but I'm able to have Hill? Well, Breeze can't run. Breeze is a pocket passer. So I'm going to revolve plays around him. So now that I have Hill and I know that I can run, I'm going to fake the run up the middle and do an option out to the left or the right. I've added that to my game. It's another threat. Or I'm going to fake it up the middle, fake the run, step back, throw a pass. So I've opened up. So he's created... The game around Hill, not Hill, you know, running like a banshee trying to be Drew Brees. That doesn't work that way. And I'm assuming that if, you know, Winston ever had to come in, they would create the game to what he needs. And that's the difference between Sean Payton, 9-2, and two, and Bruce Arians, 7-5, and five, and why the division is the way it is. And the game's now got them three games behind. And that's the difference between a coach. A coach putting players in positions to win, and Arians sitting there saying, well, it's your fault, Brady. Well, wait a second. I haven't played football like this in, in forever. I don't throw bombs down the field. I know I got the greatest receivers in the world, but how about some crossing routes, man? So the other thing with the Saints right now that, 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 is, that is crazy is they're playing so well, and you put this other quarterback in there. I'm a little skeptical about their offense, not this next week when they play Philadelphia coming up, but against KC coming up the following week should be a real detrimental test. If Drew Brees is not back, it could be really detrimental if, if it gets out of hand. And I'm hoping it doesn't. They'll be playing at home, which it doesn't really matter during the pandemic. But the thing that I will say that is very different with the Saints this year and all the years is Dennis Allen, which is the defensive coordinator of the Saints, has done a phenomenal job. They have not let anybody score in the last two games. 
So it's been pretty incredible to watch what they're doing. And if the Saints offense is clicking and they're leaving people at zero, this could be really deadly. Now, you're going to laugh at what I'm going to say. They're going to make the playoffs. And the only team that the Saints have to beat are the referees in the playoffs. We only have to beat the referees because the last few years, you already know what that is. And I ain't blaming it on nobody because everybody knows what I'm talking about. The Super Bowl against the Patriots, the year that they would have won, uh, that they won, it would have been a whole nother Super Bowl if the if the Rams were not in it. And we had to beat the refs. But again, we're up against the refs in the playoffs. So that's the only team that we have to really beat because Drew Brees will be back. We will, we will have him back and they need him back by the playoff time. Okay, right now we can buy him a little bit of time, rest him up, and get him good. But we also trying to buy for the first for the first seed in 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 the in the uh, playoffs, and which is looking pretty good. Besides Seattle, right behind us, as well as Green Bay. But I think things will play out with a good defense. I see things looking up. I just don't want to be playing Green Bay in Green Bay. It's too cold, and that's a no bueno situation right there. So you look at that, and you have those two teams right now in that division, and you're sitting there, okay, well, Atlanta in that division, garbage. Um, They don't even know who their head coach is going to be next year. I mean, that's up for grabs. I mean, and you're hearing all these names all over the place. I mean, you just sit there and you wonder, Julio Jones, uh, Ridley, um, all these, they went and got uh, Gurley as a running back, and they just can't figure it out. They just cannot figure it out. Finally got rid of Dan Quinn. Gosh, it was time to get rid of Dan Quinn. And they're at four and seven in third place. And then you got Carolina. And here's something for you. Carolina four and eight. They've been in every single game. They only lost to the Saints by three points. And Rule's got that thing. And you know Rule. He'll do one year being bad and figure it all out. And the next year, you better watch out. And Bridgewater, he's in the top ten in passing. And uh, there you go. I mean, he was our backup quarterback for the Saints. And he's doing really good. And Rule, and I and mark my words, the only thing I can see that's going to happen with Rule is Rule might lose his OC, which is his offensive coordinator, and Joe Brady. He was the one with the LSU championship team. I see that if they lose Joe Brady, they might have a lot to do, you know, um, revamping the offense. But again, uh, Rule is good enough to figure out anything. He wouldn't be a, the head coach of the Panthers um, and signed a seven-year deal if they didn't think that he couldn't do it. If he, you know, he knows how to, he knows the personnel and knows who to go get. For his offensive coordinator and if not he could do it himself i'm pretty sure so i mean that's what we're looking at for the south there's really um not much of a difference here um you've got a three-game lead by the saints saints are at the top of the nsc division uh tonight we are looking at the seattle i just was watching a little bit of the game it was already seven to nothing dk metcalf what a what a pickup by them i really thought he was going to be uh not as good as he was because he did drop a lot of balls with Ole Miss back in the day. And uh, dude's just a beast. Um, something that Russell Wilson has been needing for a long, long time. And we know Pete Carroll. He's always going to bring some, you know, happy-go-lucky, jumping up and down like a cheerleader on the sideline. Uh, and he's just been doing really good. The defense, on the other hand, of the Seahawks has not been the defense we've ever seen, that we've been seeing in a long time. And usually what Pete Carroll does is he builds his defense from the back front, which means, hey, I'm going to build from a safety standpoint. He had Earl Thomas um, for a long, long time. And then he had, of course, uh, Chancellor. And he had also um, Loudmouth, uh, I can't remember his name, from Stanford, uh, Richard Sherman. Um, he had him. So he would always build it from the back front. And, 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 and that's just the way that old school kind of defensive guys have done it. I mean, P. 
Pete Carroll is one of the oldest in the game. So he usually built a defense from the back front, and that's not how it has been real lately. They've been pretty much getting stomped by these teams and getting ran over a little bit. So anyways, they're still leading the, the thing, but only by one game. Um, the Rams. Let's talk about the Rams for a second. I just don't know what I'm going to get. Sean McVay's a great coach. I just feel like he could do a little bit more with what he has. I mean, he's got defense. He's got a balanced team is what, what, what kills me. But you just don't, un, I just don't get it. Like one week we see Goff and he's throwing for 400 yards. And the next week he throws two interceptions and throws for 200 and they lose the game. So I'm, I'm I, like this past weekend to San Francisco, they lost the game. And I'm sitting there going, you just beat Tampa Bay last week. You got a good win and you're just trash. And I, it's a lot to pin, a pin on Goff. Goff is the guy that you have to pin this thing on. And you sit there and Goff to me is just inconsistent. I don't know what I'm going to get. He's kind of got a Blake Bortle-ish um, kind of feel to him. Like, am I going to bring my A game or am I going to sit here and, and I'm going to be scared or I just don't know. I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl. He couldn't even complete a pass. The offense couldn't get going. And the only person that can get an offense going is your leader. And that is your quarterback of your team. And if that person is feared. Your whole team is going to be feared. I know it. I know it. And I know it. I've been there. If you look like a deer in a headlight as a quarterback of a team, your whole team is going to sit there and you, and notice it, and you will be on point. Look at Goff next time he plays. One minute he's up for a game, the next minute you would have thought he took some sleeping pills or something. I don't know what it is. I I, I, I don't know how to relate to it. Anxiety, I don't know what it can be, but Goff is like a kamikaze plane crash. It's like one minute he's flying perfectly fine, next minute he's tanking. So um, right now they have some some thinking to do with, with, with Goff, in my opinion. McBay has... Has it? McVay needs to do that. McVay's job as the head coach is to get him under wraps. Arizona, man, they've been letting me down. They lead the league in penalties. If they would not make so many penalties and offsides and jump in, and I get it, their team is young. They are six and five. They're they're there. They're still that final spot for the seven seed. If you all didn't know, there's seven teams that go to the playoffs. Only one team gets a bye this year. So um, they are still there, but they've been losing some games like by three points this past week against New England. They should have won. The field goal kicker missed a kick. Um, and here's the other thing, too, is I am still I, I, I like Murray. I like Kyler Murray, but I still think he's so young and he's just too timid. And I would say this offensive line is just terrible right now. They got to get a better offensive line. I think that they've got the talent on the ends and they've got the people in place, running back, all that stuff. They've got that. But I don't think their running game is as sharp as it should be yet. They need some offensive line. They need a little bit more help on defense. So hopefully through the draft, they can pick up some guys that are now linemen and not specialty players because I think they've got those specialty players in lock. With getting Hopkins and then Drake is not a bad running back. And again, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is on the run just like Russell Wilson was a couple years ago when they had a bad line and Russell Wilson made him look great. Still got him to the playoffs. Um, so Arizona's right on the cusp. If they make the playoffs this year, yes, they could probably go in and beat maybe a team or two in the playoffs. 
but you know by surprise that would be by like playing super super good and no not no penalties but i think it's going to take one more draft and i think it's going to take kingsbury which I, I i love dearly as a kid coach i think he's going to have to um you know work on the guys as they're young and be like hey we're in the moment we cannot be making these penalties when we got just five yards off as them jumping off sides, but then we're giving it back to them by jumping off sides. It's, it, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be in the game, but don't jump. You look at the ball, the ball moves, you move. And, 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 and that'll help them out a little bit. I don't know if they make the playoffs, I'd be happy, but their leadership needs to be happy with the, the, the way that the Cardinals are moving. And um, they're on the brink for me. If they make it, I'm good. 49ers, of course, we all know about this. It's time to let Garoppolo probably go. Um, and again, injuries have just blown them up. I don't think it's San Francisco's year, but expect them to rebound. I really don't have much on them because they've just been quiet all year long. Just with the injuries, Garoppolo, I don't know. I'm not sold on him yet. I don't think he's that great. I think they oversold him when he was with New England when they got rid of him. Um, it just, I don't know. Decision making is just not all there. It's... It, it's almost like a golf, in my opinion, kind of similar. It's just, uh, but him is more like I'm a pretty boy and I'm I'm good. I'm better than everybody else. Um, and then if I make a mistake, so who cares? I'll go out to the nightclub, as you've all seen his like Twitter chat, whatever. And he just does his own thing or whatever. But um, I I like Shanahan as a coach. I think that they're great and uh, they they will be back after they get over the injury. So again, this West is not going to be. Um, getting any like weaker it's going to be getting better now that you have Arizona getting better as well so it's going to be a uh, cat and dog fight with these four teams they're just great um so the west I really still think that when it comes to time Pete Carroll just with his um wisdom and, and and knowing what to do and putting people in place if he wins tonight I don't know what the score is at the moment but again um I will say Seattle comes out of this one as well, um, out of the West. Now, you go to the North on the NFC North, and you're looking, and you're like, Green Bay's 8-3. and three. So they're only one game out from uh, New Orleans, and they did beat New Orleans early in the season. I'd like to see them beat them again with the defense that's come together now. Um, the thing with Green Bay is one thing. Green Bay's defense is about as holy as a netted bag right now. I mean, they're not that good. Aaron Rodgers can score you 40 points, but the score is going to be 41 to, you know, 40, and it's going to be looking like a tennis net on the other side for their defense. So um, the thing that's going to get them is if they're in the cold weather, they have the advantage. If they can get the home field advantage, that's the only advantage they're going to have. No screaming fans this year. I do see Green Bay, you know, getting there, but I will say this. LaFleur is not a good head coach. LaFleur is a good offensive coordinator. He, If he was a good head coach, he would be better off getting a better DC and starting to find these players he needs on the defensive side. That goes for Cliff Kingsbury as well. Cliff Kingsbury is not very good at uh, defensive talent and evaluating that. And a head coach, you've got to be, hey, I can't be focused too much on, hey, all I need for offense. It's not a one-sided ball game. Um, then it'll be like the Big 12 in college. You'll be scoring 54 to 52, and it's just a never-ending battle, and you never know if you're going to win or lose. It's whoever has the ball last. Good luck. That's a 500 season, if you ask me. So 
LaFleur is not that good of a coach, but he's good enough to get him to the playoffs. He's not going to be good enough to put in situations, especially defensively. Needs to work on the defense. If they get some more defense through the draft, they could be and put him over the edge to get to the Super Bowl or further in the playoffs. Uh, Minnesota, what a bomb there. Um, they win one, and then they go, and then they tank it this past week. I mean, it's just horrible. I don't even know what to say. Kirk Cousins, he was on the last string for me last year. I thought things were going to get better. Um, as they've been going to the playoffs this year, it's not looking too good at all. I mean, just what a, what a, they were out of the playoffs for me. Zimmerman might be on his way out. I see Jerry Jones hiring him because, you know, Hey, he's an old guy. He used to be a Dallas Cowboy coach. And now you see that he can, he can come in here and, 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 and do something, you know, just like he did with McCarthy. And now you look at that. We'll talk more about that in a minute in the next division. But anyways, I see Zimmerman, uh, seat getting very hot and, um, he, on the opposite end, uh, defensively, Vikings look good, but then the offense with Kirk, with Kirk Cousins just looks terrible and uh, doesn't jive very well. So anyways, getting and moving on to the Chicago Bears. How do you start 5-1 and one, and then all of a sudden realize, oh, we've played crappy teams. Now it's time to play better and let's play worse. That's what we did. So they, they, they went 5-1 and one, and you're like, whew, Nagy's back on his first year that he was in and he's going to have a good team. And then it was time to play these good teams. And, okay, he beat Tampa Bay that one night. Oh, you're like, okay, we're on something. And then he goes and and just, what a pathetic performance. Just a pathetic performance the other night when he, I don't even know if he was on the same playing field as the other guys. I don't know what he was doing. But that was terrible by the Bears. And the Bears need to wake up and the Bears need to figure out who their offensive coordinator is going to be, who their head coach is going to be. And the defense started looking like crap when they were doing very well. They were the only bright spot. So right now we know the defense is better than that. We can give them that check mark. But the other two, the head coach and the offense, it is pathetic. It is weak. It is probably worse than Alabama's in uh, college football. It is terrible. Terrible. I mean, I hate to say it like that. Alabama's offense, Clemson's offense, and Ohio State's offense, and Notre Dame's offense is better than the Chicago Bears. And that right there is something that they need to fix ASAP. It's been a problem for a long time, and they thought Nagy was going to do it. He's not the pro- he's not- He is the problem, excuse me. He is a major problem and hasn't fixed it. The first year, that was a whole one-hit wonder, right? Let's not even go there. Detroit Lions, thank you. They got rid of Pat Patricia. Pat Patricia will be working for, uh, you know who, Bill Belichick again and be the probably the DC somewhere there or work in his organization because that's about as good as far as he's going to go. He did that experiment. Everybody thought he was going to turn around Detroit. And poor Matthew Stafford. Man, that guy's got an arm. He just has had some bad luck. Man, I wonder why Barry Sanders and... Uh, you know, uh, Johnson, Calvin Johnson left the, the Lions and knew they had no hope. And they just said, you know what? I'm out of here. I don't need to work my body, waste my body on this and this and this. But Stafford, he stuck it through. What a man there. But man, Detroit, I don't even know what to say, how to start. They don't even have anything. Um, And Patricia was not the answer. I don't know what's going to fix it. I really think that they need to get rid of their GM or their owner. Something's got to change. But they've just been bad ever since I was young. Um, the NFC East, let's, uh, that's, I left this one for the last because this is one. Um, I don't even know how to say it. 
And it's terrible to say that we're going to have to have a team out of this division win. And every week we have somebody different. First week we had Dallas and uh, Philadelphia. Then the next week we have Philadelphia. Philadelphia stayed in it for a while. Then the Giants started winning a couple games. And the Giants are on top with Washington. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. I, as they call him, I'm all in on Riverboat Rivera. I think I am so happy to see uh, the quarterback back, the guy that broke his leg, Alex Smith, he's back. I'm glad to see him. That McLaurin uh, receiver that they have now, boy, he's in the top five all of a sudden. Things are starting to come around because when a coach believes in the players and gets the best out of their players, that's Riverboat Ron. And Riverboat Ron, you better watch out. I'm going to tell you this now. I like Riverboat Ron. I know he didn't really do too much in Carolina, but think about what Riverboat Ron had in in Carolina. And think about the money that um, Snyder can spend. I know Snyder can spend some money, so it could be a better situation for him. Not right now, but later on through stuff. Haskins, throw him out. Get him out of here. But Alex Smith, and then, of course, you get another quarterback later down the road. But I love seeing Alex Smith back. The The thing that I see here is I never vote against Riverboat Ron because Riverboat Ron knows. Knows personnel, knows people, and put them in the right spot. He found this receiver in McLaurin, top five right now. Don't believe me? Look it up. If you don't even know who this guy is, you better because he is lightning fast and a great receiver. Let's talk about Philadelphia right now. Philadelphia is trash. Peterson I don't even know he was a one-hit wonder and won a Super Bowl out of nowhere. And then he said, I'm going to write a book. About what? You won one Super Bowl. And he wrote a book. And ever since he wrote this book, people make fun of him because it's like, hey, what have you done now? You won one Super Bowl. You know, you haven't you haven't proven anything. Proven is staying consistent. Belichick, Peyton, um, Mike Tomlin. Those guys have been in those organizations for 10 plus years and have earned the credibility through the organization. But here's the other part, guys. Here's where it goes both ways when I talk about coaches that have been with their team the longest and credibility. The issue is the coaches have got to work with their GM and their owner and create a relationship, which I call the triangle. The head coach, the GM, and the owner have to be on the same page with everything that goes on in an organization. And Ron Rivera can make that happen. And when Ron Rivera says, I need this, they should be able to sit there and be able to spend that money. And the GM should be able to go find that that person and come to him and be like, hey, we need so-and-so at a safety. We need so-and-so receiver. We need so-and-so in the draft for this. Blah, blah, blah. And those are the people that stay with their team. And you wonder, why are they here for so long? John Harbaugh is another one. He's only won one Super Bowl, but those are the guys that stay there the longest because they create that vibe that is needed. It's called I call it the triangle because, hey, the owner sits at the top. You have GM and, and head coach are pretty much in the same level because one's just personnel, the other's put the personnel movement. And that is the way that this thing works. So I think Riverboat Ron and Dallas don't even get me started. I don't think I need to say anything. McCarthy's a laughing stock. McCarthy won one Super Bowl, but I've never been a fan of McCarthy. McCarthy, and now what I like to say about McCarthy is who looks like the dumb one here? Was it really Aaron Rodgers' fault at Green Bay or was it actually McCarthy? And now you start looking. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers got a year older and he's doing better. And you're seeing now how McCarthy's looking like a fool. 
Can't put people in place, penalties all over the place. Just worse than Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett, I'm going to be honest with you, Jason Garrett might have this team at 500. I am not kidding you. We laughed about Jason Garrett and how bad he was, but hey, I look back now and I myself, I hold myself hostage to this one. I'm like, hey, I give up. I'm going to hold myself here. I'm going to say, hey, I really think that Jason Garrett did the best that he could with the with the things that he did. Did he Was he able to like get him above the top? No, but McCarthy can't even get him over the top. Um, I know there was that one time where he did that onside kick and it was like, hey, McCarthy, he's the greatest thing in the world. And then he goes and lays a 41 to 6 score um, and can't even do anything. I know Dak has been out, but you still had the red rifle. You still should be able to make things happen. You still have playmakers on that team. You should not be sitting at three and eight. So that's NFC. Now here, if I was to end this day and and, and say who's going to come out of the NFC. Here we go. If, if Drew Brees gets back because continuity, because of being in the league so long and the wisdom we talk about, Brees has got to be back if the Saints are to go to the Super Bowl. If Drew Brees is back, we have one person we got to beat. That's the person in front of us. Actually, two, excuse me. The person that's in front of us plus the referees. And we know where we're going with that. Saints, do it. Get to the Super Bowl. NFC, if Brees is back and we beat the opponent fairly without the referees getting involved. If not, we could be seeing Seattle. We could possibly even be seeing Green Bay, even with their weaknesses. We could be seeing those two teams. Those are the only other two teams out of the NFC right now that I think have a possibility. Rams, they're looking in. Tampa Bay, I'm not even worried about. Okay, But those legit, I think the Saints have the best route. I just don't know if... They were to use Hill through the playoffs. Hill has not been under that pressure. Third down and 10, need to make this drive. Third and five, need to make this throw. And, and the situational awareness for that time frame. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying, I'm going to say right now, if all things come forward, Saints will do it. They just need some things to fall in place. Now, AFC, we're going to come here. We're going to look at some stuff. I'm going to start from the top. Because to me, the AFC is just like, I don't even know how to explain this. I, I'm not a fan. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, so standings-wise, you have Buffalo, which is a unique, interesting thing on the East. Nobody even, well, you know, Miami's coming up. But I don't, I think Miami makes the playoffs in like a lower seed. But I don't think that they're ready. It's kind of like... Um, Cardinals, if they make the playoffs, they're just not ready yet. They need some draft picks. They need some receivers and a couple defensive people. Uh, Tua, I'm not sold on yet. Um, and that's a tiff right now because you have Fitzpatrick and him, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about that. But Buffalo's unique. D- Buffalo's defense can get them somewhere. Uh, I always remember the Ravens back in 2000 when they had that one defense with uh, Tony Saragusa and stuff like that. So they're a little scary. Um, if they can get a little bit of a higher seed, um, they're scary. They're one of the top three teams I have in the AFC. Um, I'm just not sold yet on Josh Allen. I do like that they got Stefan Diggs now as a receiver. I do like um, their running game that they have as well. 
I just don't know if Buffalo is there yet with a little more experience because now they will lead the East. They will uh, really uh, need some uh, tuning in of like what it's like to be in the playoffs for the second year. So again, I do like Buffalo out of the East easy. Miami, they get in the playoffs, but again, they're a lower seed, maybe the last seed in. And they um, it's between them and, and uh, of course, uh, Cleveland or uh, Ravens to, to, to be in the bottom uh, half of all that stuff. So again, Miami, um, good. They just need, ah, there's some things there that they just need. Gotten better though. Brian Flores, I love you, man. You're doing great. I, I like to see new coaches uh, succeed. Uh, new England, don't even talk to me about it. Those days are over with. Um, turn out the lights, the party's over. That's uh, done. Those, those playoffs will end just like San Antonio and basketball. Those will end. Those will end and it, there won't be anything, um, going on with that. So, um, that won't, that won't be happening. Um, they're five and six, the New York jets, (laughs) um, they're, they're planning on uh, getting the number one pick here again. And, uh, that's a tough one. You know, you put, you, you had Sam Darnold a couple years for the number one pick. And then the next minute you're running around and you're sitting there going, okay, well, I have the number one pick. Uh, do I go get Trevor Lawrence? And, um, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence, I don't know what the, the issue with the jets. And I talk a lot about the jets. I have a friend that, that loves the jets and I tell him, I say, I just don't know. You have to have the right coach because it really doesn't matter what quarterback you have. Look at what's happened with Cleveland. Cleveland's had 20 million quarterbacks and very bad head coaches. Maybe if you had a good head coach, those quarterbacks would have been different or would have stopped a lot earlier. So I tell him that, you know, uh, if just because you have Trevor Lawrence doesn't make things all better. Uh, the team makes everything better. And of course, yes, the quarterback is one crucial role. You can have some mediocre players. The quarterback does make them better. But... You have to also have the head coach, which has got the knowledge to be able to put the people in the positions that are needed to move forward to succeed. Again, we go back to the Sean Paytons, the Belichicks, and 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 those and those people like Mike Tomlin. They they know how to personnel wise put those people that the GM provides them. And again, talking about the triangle, they work together to make those things happen. That's why they succeed. So, um, I don't see. I see. You know, if they take Trevor Lawrence, I hope they get a good head coach. Either Joe Brady would be good. Um, Dennis Allen's a good defensive coordinator. I don't know which way I would go with that. Um, again, uh, the Jets have a lot to think about, um, and they need a lot of love. Um, and hopefully they get out of the 0-11 hole um, in the next year. Uh, Pittsburgh. I want to talk about Pittsburgh for a second. Uh, they've gotten better. Um, I don't really think that they've played anybody good. Here's here's where I go with it. And everybody's in love with Pittsburgh because they love the record. I don't know why it's like people get sucked to the record. It's like, oh, they're 10 and 0. Well, yeah, they haven't really played anybody really good. And if they did, if you all remember, the Cowboys almost beat them. So they're beatable. They just haven't been beaten. And here's what I say is, Roethlisberger is like a trash can back there. Yes, he's hard to bring down, but I just don't think he's got it what he's got before. I don't think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to be booted out pretty quickly in the playoffs. I just think that the record doesn't, I mean, doesn't prove me anything. They're they're like last year, the Ravens. Everybody's, oh my gosh, the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens, the Ravens. I said, the Ravens are going to lose. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. But everybody was in love with Jackson. And what has Jackson done for us lately? 
Where's Jackson at? And I told everybody this. People know who I'm talking about. You guys, oh, he's MVP. Yeah, he was MVP last year. But what are you going to do for an encore? And that's the same thing that happened to Dak Prescott. And we're talking about the Ravens now. That's the same thing that happened. But what I'm saying is Pittsburgh is not going to win and get to the Super Bowl. I, 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 I will mark it down. And if I'm wrong, I will get back on here and I will be telling those people that you were right, I was wrong, move on with it, right? And I will own up to it. But I will tell you this, Pittsburgh will not beat Kansas City. Pittsburgh will not beat Kansas City, okay? I just don't see it happening. Not a fan. Yes, don't get trapped up in the record. People do. It's like, well, it's hard to go against 10-0. That's in the regular season. Yes, Pittsburgh's defense has gotten better, but I don't think they're that good. Cleveland, what a mess. I still don't know. It's almost like fool's gold. It's almost like, hey, I bought this necklace thinking I, you know, I spent $300 on it and the next minute it's tarnishing, turning green. I just don't know what I'm getting. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's changing. I don't know because it's been so bad. It's been so bad. So you sit here and you're like, man, they're eight and three. Baltimore six and four. Are these two teams going to make the playoffs? Or is the Colts going to make it? Or are the Vegas going to make it? You don't know. And you're like, man, I just don't know what to say. I want to say this. If I was going to go with my gut, they're not going to make the playoffs. I will choose the Ravens and go with what has been pure gold than full gold. Not a fan of Baker, Mayfield. Decisions are terrible. They do have a good running game, and their defense is sketchy. Brand new head coach, learning the ways. Looks like he probably has a good chance of turning that program around. So I see up and up. I just don't know if they make it. I'm going with what has succeeded in the past than what has I'm seeing right now and needs to grow. So Cleveland needs to grow. I see Baltimore getting back there and getting in the playoff spot if they can get over this virus thing that they got going on because that's a bad thing right now. If they fall another two couple games because of the virus and stuff like that, that's sad to hear. But then Cleveland probably gets in because I think one of those games is against Cleveland. So it's going to be crucial that Baltimore wins against Cleveland in these games that come down the bottom line. Now, I want to say this. I think you're going to probably get on me about this. Bengals, I don't even have anything to say. Time to move on from their coach. Burrow, yes, we'll see you next year, dude. You were in the top five in passing. You are a beast. That's all I have to say. They need to get you some talent like right away. And I, and I love you, man. You're great. Um, so, you know, just keep that up. What I want to say, and I, I'm going to wrap this thing up with the last two divisions. I do see the Raiders making it, but I don't see Indiana making it in the last two divisions between the South and the West. But here's where I'm going to go with this. The West is going to be Chiefs, and I have no doubt in my mind Unless something happens, I'm going KC all the way. There is too much dominance. The only thing KC does have, I'm going to say, I'm going to give say this, they don't have a very strong defense. But I think that Mahomes has enough power to get them over the edge to make them good. But are you ready? 
if you don't watch out, this is a scary prediction. The second best team in the AFC, and they have a beast for a running back, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't watch out, they're the team that can cause a mess with their defense and their subpar offense because of Henry and opening up a running game and then being able to open up that to get the passing game going. I see them better than Pittsburgh. And if I was to rank the teams right now, I have KC, then I have Tennessee, then Pittsburgh, then Buffalo. But I think that Tennessee challenges KC again in the AFC championship game, and it's going to be on. But we might have a Saints-KC game, and that would be great. That is my take on this right now. I can't talk much for Denver or the or the Los Angeles Chargers, Jacksonville, Houston, um, Indianapolis. They have a chance at making it. I just don't think they have enough. But right now, if I was to end today, I would be saying Saints against Kansas City. More to come on who wins that game. I hope you all enjoyed the show on my breakdown of how how the NFL season's been going and some of the things that they need and want. I know a lot of you uh, have my number and you guys uh, listen to what I've said. Um, you know, just give me, just shoot me a text and say, hey, I agree with you here. I don't agree with you here. What about this? Hey, give me some love for my team. What's going on? And um, the other thing I wanted to say is those of you that, that, that hear this, spread it out. Spread out what I'm talking about in sports. I, I you know, I, I've always been very passionate about sports. I talk about it. I know about it. And people say, man, you're crazy, Torres. You know way too much more than the average Joe. You remember X, Y, and Z. Who made what catch? Who did this? You remember people from way back and they look at me like I'm crazy. They say, man, you're not in the right job. You need to be doing something on ESPN. And I wish I could. But spread the word. Spread it to the people that I know. Uh, those of you back in Eagle Pass, my home, uh, you know, I have homes everywhere. It feels like, uh, you know, people that live down in Pensacola, people that live in Chicago, people that live in Eagle Pass, people that live in Houston. I mean, just people all over the place that I have met just keep passing along this. My troops that I've had uh, throughout my career uh, have been listening to me as well. And I appreciate you guys. And I love you all. I love my family. And I just wanted to say, hey, one thing. I know times have been rough, but hey, we're going to get through it. And hey, yeah, as I've always been told in life, never quit and never let somebody tell you you can't do something because you can by never quitting. Thank you.